It's been 85 years. <laughs> so long. Oh, Entirely man. too many comics. Yeah. It's been a minute, y'all. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. Today we are doing something that I am calling Comic Ketchup. And this is going to be a little bit different than our normal episodes because... Justin has been doing so much for me since my hip surgery. I offered to do notes for this one. So I have a little of a different role than I do on normal days. Wow. And because we had already talked about not doing this, I have some notes on some comics and no notes on others. (laughs) No notes. Just there's no news there's no polls. There's none of that. There's no questions. Hey, it's been like two and a half weeks since we heard you. How are you guys doing? Yeah, how y'all doing? How was your Thanksgiving if you celebrate? Or your Thursday if you don't? Right. Yeah. We will do all our normal like personal news, catch up, news, news, all that jazz. The polls, the data will be back when we come back for... So much lost data. <laughs> And we come back for our next episode. But right now, we're just sort of doing a little recap in case you need it, and mostly for our brains. To just of... piece through the fall of X. There's yeah. so much going on. There's so many titles. Yeah. And so many of them that wrapped up in these last couple of weeks. Yes. So just to give you the overview, we will be talking about Astonishing Iceman, number four, Alpha Flight, number four, Uncanny Avengers, number four. I will say there are many number fours. Jean Grey, number four. The finale. Children of the Vault, a.k.a. The Adventures of Bishop and Cable, number four. The finale. Dark X-Men, number four. Wolverine, number 39. Invincible Iron Man, number 12. Uncanny Spider-Man, number four. Immortal X-Men, number 17. But first... Just kidding. (laughs) There is no news. There is no news. So I guess we just roll right into it. And you hit me with whatever you have prepared for Astonishing Iceman, number four. Okay, well, Astonishing... Astonishing Iceman number four was written by Steve Orlando with art by Vincenzo Caratu, colors by Java Tartaglia with Chris Sotomayor, letters by V.C. Travis Lanham, Travis Lanham, and the cover by Jesus Sayers. The summary of this issue is that the hounds are on the attack in New York and Iceman is called to help. But Spider-Man is already on the case, so they have a little amazing friends moment. Turns out the hounds were really only there to get Iceman out of his castle so that Mr. Clean could go in and kill Romeo, which is a big surprise to Iceman when he makes his way back to the castle. Yeah, so that was the, we did a Patreon episode last night to just get a spot check on what we remembered and what was (laughs) was foggy. Because honestly, that's that's part of the conversation is that I read these the week they came out, Mm -hmm. the day they came out, didn't remember them at all. Nothing. Didn't remember, nothing, nothing stuck, nothing clicked, didn't read them a second time. It was a whole new world. And I also have felt like not interested in doing anything especially the first week after surgery like reading i was just like no i just need to lay here watch friends i just need to lay here and watch all of friends yeah but that was the key takeaway from iceman number four was romeo died yeah and that blew alicia's mind last night because she was like wait what what i forgot i totally forgot that's the framing story 
the framing story around the villain of the month same repeating issue just now with more cameo power of spider-man being there mm-hmm. and i guess we're getting our final battle in the end yeah i guess Iceman v mr clean yeah that's... which is interesting because he's going to be in his like in his prime spot right but he doesn't have romeo so i don't think he's able because even in the end he's unable to pull himself completely back together mm, because right? romeo is dead right so he's suffering i don't know is this just a long way to permanently kill off Iceman. That I, would I feel really like that's, suck. that's a knife to the heart and then just digging it in. Mm-hmm. Steve Orlando, what are you doing? What was the pitch for this? It's like, yeah, it was sad at the Hellfire Gala, but it could be more sad. Let's toy with their emotions. Yeah, and make them upset because they're and not enjoying also it. also kill Romeo. Yeah, because, you know, who needs all these named and characterized in humans when we can just kill them all or make them mutants? Yeah, that's true. Did you like this? Are you excited about this? No. No. Okay, good. I mean, I'm excited about this, this, these notes, and this type of episode. Great. That's fine. <laughs> That's good. Was there anything that surprised you? Anything that was like, wow. The, the one thing that sticks with me is the expansion of Orcus's targets, right? Mm-hmm. And that was even something that Romeo brought up. If they're hunting mutants now, it's only so long until they hunt in humans. And this is the part of the story where we get... I think her name is Chantel. Yes. And she is a Genosian mutate who is not even a mutant, just someone who was experimented on against her will. Yes. And now has some kind of power. But it does turn out that she's not the actual target. Like they just chose anyone to get Iceman there. Literally anybody. But we're seeing that trend like in a bunch of the stories that they're branching out from just attacking mutants. All right. Are you ready for the next one? Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight number four, written by Ed Brisson, art by Scott Foleski. Godlewski. Is that how you say it? It's a G, yeah. Oh, well, I typed an F, so there you go. I think it's Godlewski, though, because I Alex Leshevsky. That's how. Anyway. <laughs> Colors by Matt Miller. Letters by VCs, Travis Lanham. Travis Lanham. And the cover by Leonard Kirk and Edgar Delgado. Summary of this issue. Laurent has had enough of being held in Krakoa North, so he ventures out on his own. He leaves the door open and a few mutant children use this as an excuse for a little outdoor time. Meanwhile, the X-Men and the Alpha Flight team figure out how to keep their ruse going. They decide that feedback will go back with Alpha Flight so they have something to make it look like they're actually doing their job. Little do they know that the mutants who left Krakoa North have set off an alarm and box sentinels make it back before the team, blowing the place up, or at least that's what it looks like to us. And Laurent sees the damage he has caused by leaving. Yeah, it definitely looks like it's blowing up. It's on yeah. fire. Mm-hmm. And, and Kyle's like, oh, snap moment. Yeah. When all these robots are coming for his face. Yeah. You know, I have alpha flight in the pile where it is because of how i felt over the last couple of issues but this was by far my favorite of the four issues yeah it was a really good issue i felt like it really had all the stuff set up to just play with and knock down and then lead into what will be again the final battle right yes what we're charging into with a lot of these finales even you know the next one on Kenny avengers and i'm like yeah final battle issue five let's go but I, I really enjoyed that the team is acknowledging that they need to do something to 
save face like at some point they're gonna like erica's gonna get suspicious that they're not doing anything like that they're, they're not actually their jobs. fighting and, yeah. and all of a sudden they're terrible at their jobs so it is nice that they are doing something and then feedback you know having his moment of of really taking ownership of the destruction that has happened in his wake right is interesting yeah yeah and i just i feel like the emotional strings of this place where is their safe haven but are they captive are they held there for a reason and then like i, I said it yesterday but the kicker for me, the the one that made me like really feel was Laurent looking back at mm-hmm. what he had caused, what his unrest then led to because the fact that he is now outside of the building and they can pick up his mutant signature. Yes. That's insane. Yes. And I'm wondering and hoping that Alpha Flight will just at this point now for the final battle, can they just... Can they just show their true colors? I'd imagine they'd have to. And like fight on the side of mutantdom? They have to show up with feedback and everybody's like, hey, no, we need we need all the yeah, guns. All hands on deck. Yeah. I mean, you saw how easy it was to destroy these box sentinels. Not for children. Right. Not for children. I'm excited to see that final battle. I think that that's largely going to be where we end up. I'm not sure what this means for Alpha Flight going forward. I'm not sure, you know, is this going to be canada's team are they gonna yeah, yeah. this oh, feels like a like a resurgence of these characters mm-hmm. i know captain two michael would be very excited he he was like no poll that just means alpha flight one right <laughs> yeah, it, my favorite of their issues but no <laughs> not the winner not the winner in my mind but that's not the final say right yeah we what have was no the poll. book of the week in your mind for the first week let's see um Dark X-Men, obviously. Yeah, that was more just like a, to the people. <laughs> oh, to the people, not <laughs> I'm, to I'm you. I'm glad you answered it, but yes, it was <laughs> that Dark That question X-Men. was not for you, Alicia. No. Okay, moving on. Uncanny Avengers number four. Written by Jerry Duggan. Art by Javier Garon. Colors by Maury Hollowell. Letters, VCs, Travis Lanham. Travis Lanham. <laughs> cover, Javier Garon and Maury Hollowell. The summary of this issue. Ben Yurik... Ben Yurik is upsetting Stasis with his questions and his so-called human witness to the events of the Hellfire Gala. Captain Krakoa is keeping nukes as insurance and the Unity Squad has located his base. There's lots of epic fighting, including Psylocke's beautiful slice of the Fenris twins' hands. Standout moment of the week. Stasis is is made even more of a fool when Rogue and Quicksilver reveal hidden weapons during his little stage show. Captain Krakoa tries to take out Ben Yurik, how dare he, and is thwarted by Captain America. And our suspicions have been confirmed. It's Hydra Cap. Hydra Cap the whole time. The whole time. Pretty sure we said that before the series even came out. Indeed. Wow. I, the, the kicker for me was Blob still believing that it's Cyclops. Oh my gosh. Poor Blob. Like, And, and to at least understand that that's wrong Mm -hmm. from the captain america is looking you in the face and saying no man you've Mm -hmm. been lied to like we'll do what we can to clear your name but you were kind of running with terrorists for a while right like uh, (laughs) ah you know 
I don't know if you could just cozy up behind the Green Lagoon's bar right after this. Well, it's different, though, because he really does believe. Like, he really believes he's fighting for the good. Like, he really believes he's fighting for mutants. Yeah. No, and I get it. And especially with their backs against the walls. It's just like, look at the company you're in. Yeah, I know. Blob, you're with Fenris. Come on. And Wild Style. Wild? No, what's his name? Wild Style? Is it Wild Style? Wild Thing. You make my heart sing. No, that's not his name. <laughs> you make everything. Wild Side. Wild Side. Wild Style is a name from a movie, and I can't remember what it is now. And it's going to drive me nuts. I thought this was a great way to show the character battles and the moments of their personality. Like the Wild Side attempt to get into black widow's head mm, yes. and she just and she laughs just it laughs off at him. which was great i think it's interesting that we that perfumery nothing nothing else about Means it no that nothing. was that just felt like such a random thing that they were hanging out a perfumery that monet could smell on them and they just happened to be there when they came back it just felt kind of clunky mm-hmm. and I thought maybe that this was a trap or a secret reveal for something else. No, no, it was just clunky. It was just, it was just a clunky thing. But we have one more, one more issue of that. Last issue is the final fight. I think it's interesting to call out uh, Deadpool. Yes. I don't know the specifics of their relationship, Deadpool and Hydrocap. I don't have that actively in my mind, but mm-hmm. I do know that there is a story where Deadpool was used against his wishes unfortunate poor wade yeah or or influenced beyond his wishes Mm -hmm. he thought he was doing something good for steve kind of like blob sure so maybe they'll have a bonding moment maybe or maybe deadpool will be the one to snap him out of it yeah he's got to pick himself up and put himself back together first oh poor guy he could do that he does it all the time it's time for gene gray number four Written by Louise Simonson, art by Bernard Chang, colors Marcelo Maello, letters VCs Ariana Maher. Ariana Maher. Cover by Amy Reader, which is, that's like my standout cover. It's always, the covers have just been killer for Jean Grey. Yeah, it's a great, that's a great one. And just catching these hands. (laughs) Summary for this issue. Jean's epic battle with herself continues and results in the fact that she didn't do anything wrong and there was nothing to change. The Phoenix is kind of pissed that she would ever question herself. All the Phoenix wants is to no longer be scattered bits, to be whole again, and she needs all the pieces of Jean to come together for that to happen. Hope gets a little Phoenix action of her own, and Jean and the Phoenix are reunited. Sort of. Maybe. TBD. Is Jean dead? I don't know. Uh, yeah, she is. I mean, she died, and that the realization that she died, and that's what she needed to accept to move on. Mm-hmm. That was kind of towards the end. Where it was like, okay, no, you did die. That was you made all the right decisions. Mm-hmm. Any other mucking around is just gonna make it worse. I love the parts of herself shouting at her, and just the fight, and the the idea that. These were actively making things worse, and she kind of knew it. Right. You know, like, she knew a lot of the after effects of what happened after these choices. The fact that she didn't really die in that plane crash, that that 
uh, space shuttle crash in Jamaica Bay. Mm-hmm. The fact that the Phoenix came to her with the rage of having destroyed the Dabari people. And she was like, no, thanks. Go find Go Madeline. someone else. Yeah, let's make Madeline terrible. Even more terrible. I love the art in this mm-hmm. entire series. That last page, the end question mark. Oh, the yeah. Phoenix, with her so holding beautiful. the Phoenix is really a beautiful It's so image. great. Yeah. I, I just think that the art has been super great throughout this entire series. And excited to see where Bernard Chang goes next. Yes. Yes, for sure. I did feel a little bit confused, but us talking about it and then me re-going through it to write my summary kind of helped helped me sort it all out. (sighs) Children of the Vault, a.k.a. The Adventures of Bishop and Cable, number four. Written by Dennis Camp. Art by Luca Marseca. Maresca. Maresca. Thank you. Colors by Carlos Lopez. Letters VCs, Corey Petit. Corey Petit. Cover by Yannick Paquette and Guru EFX. This issue's summary. The message is making people sick. It's starting to destroy humanity. But Cable and Bishop have tricked Orcus into thinking the children are their enemy, which they kind of are. But this way, Orcus starts to take down the children and play the savior. Those Stark Sentinels are good for more than just mutants. Cable and Bishop make some great jokes about being future killers and also have slipped some techno-organic virus into the machine, helping to take down the children. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not the machine. It's the city. Into the city, helping to take down the children, which, of course, Orcus takes credit for. Yeah. No, that was was wild. And the detail of why he wanted to be resurrected with the virus that was a part i think it was in the yes. last issue of cable yes. i remember specifically him being resurrected and and they were like yeah you know we could get rid of that virus and he's like no no i need that i want that i thought it was a great pickup by denise i don't know if that was something that was intentionally there for that purpose mm-hmm. that was jerry a year two years ago you never know with those little x-men writers it's there right it's on the the table it's on to be played with I I did I loved this series. I thought the ending was a little disappointing. Yeah, I would agree with that. I felt like it just kind of and, and I felt like that was a feeling throughout was that this was a much larger threat for two mutants. Mm-hmm. And is this really the end of the Children of the Vault? They just packed up, went back in the vault. They were like, okay, that's it. We're good. We'll All just right, we'll, go hang out in the vault forever. We play now. nice. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna come and steal your children again. I don't think so. I mean, maybe, but there's always the possibility that they could regroup and come back. Yeah. I love the the note from Serafina. Uh, the X-Men do not do this. This is not who you are. X-Men? The X-Men were put into a meat grinder. <laughs> there are no X-Men here, just two old soldiers with nothing to lose. Yeah, I, I really liked their sassy little quips. Yeah, it's just their, their character of these grizzled mutant war vets mm-hmm. that have seen so much that we don't know and are just there to fight as the last stand. Yeah. This ship's going down. We're going down with it. Right. And so are you. And so are you. We're, we're not going to be slaves us. to you and your message. <laughs> Did you notice? Uh, so Rodrigo, the guy that's in it, that was the kid at the beginning of the series with uh, those lithium fields. Oh. Same kid. Yeah. Nice connection. There you go. Full circle. Full circle. I thought this was really good. Overall, I, I just I felt like it, it bit off a little bit more than it could chew in a four issue mini for 
two characters. Mm-hmm. The children of the vault were intent, I thought, to be this much larger threat to mutant kind as a whole, but really enjoyed how much it brought in from the Krakoan line and excited to see what Denise does next because yeah. that, that was great. I agree. I agree. Dark X-Men number four. Written by Steve Fox. Art by Jonah Schaff. Colors by Frank Martin. Letters, VCs, Clayton Coles. Clayton Coles. Cover by Steven Segovia and Jesus Abertov. This issue summary. It's time for a little sugar and spice check-in. Gambit feels like he's on the team he belongs on, but Rogue wants to remind him that she can always carve out a place for him on the Unity Squad. They're so darn cute. The Goblin Queen is headed for the Limbo Embassy, and it doesn't look good for our friends. Maddie and a few others are sucked inside a mutant, and the Goblin Queen just destroys the place. Good thing Azazel has a few tricks up his sleeve, although he may have been planning on destroying Maddie forever. He does save her from the depths of the mutant black hole she was sucked into. It's not soon enough, though, because lots of mutants are dead, the Goblin Queen has made a throne out of their bodies, and gotten a hold of Maddie's version of Cerebro, and has taken Faint as her prisoner. Yikes. The good news is, Chasm is over it, and he wants nothing to do with anyone, so that backfired on Orcus. Pop, pop. I love this issue. I, I, mean, I love Dark X-Men Dark forever X-Men, and always. Yeah. And I think that the the tone, the colors, the, just yeah. the desolation of it, the threats feel appropriate for the Limbo Embassy. Is this the destruction of the Limbo Embassy? It I don't better know. not be. How dare know. you? I feel like the grittiness reminds me of the TV show Gotham. Sure, yeah. And like I loved that show. I just like the like dark, the darkness in the saving light, you know, like it's not all sunshines and rainbows. Yeah. Did you reread that data page from Bugwort? No. When you were going through it, it is like the wildest where it's just this little bug guy who has been listening in and spying and, and hanging out in Chasm's cell. and. Oh, yeah. Oh, but I loved that data page because they don't spell properly at all right right which is so that was such a fun read abyss the teleporter the the black hole mm-hmm. character one of azazel's children i think that that was yeah. a, a great tee up for what's to come or Indeed. what has already come this week and azazel just kills him just kills him snaps his neck a father's love and mercy <laughs> right you know because he's just such a good dad the the data page of kurt and charles talking Oh, yes. About, uh, well, you know, he's not winning any Father of the Year awards, but I am here to have forgiveness, yes. some grace. He is still my dad. And it also addressed <laughs> Kurt's faith, mm. which I think has been a, a constant conversation point that his faith is not lost. It's just kind of expanded his understanding of what it is. And, and I right. feel like in, in the face of miracles that are the five, that makes sense to me. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have thought, myself included at times, that he has just abandoned his faith in a lot of his prior characterization. But no, it's just, it's yeah, evolved he's just in some way. on a journey. Right. And like figuring out who he is now. As a person who was raised going to church and who no longer goes, that is yeah. true to life. Relatable. Wolverine number 39. Written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Juan Jose Reap. 
Colors by Frank D'Amata. D'Amata? Yeah, sure. VCs are the letters. They're VCs. Corey Petit. And Corey Petit. The cover by Lennel Francis Yu and Jay Bowen. This issue covers sum- by Lennel Francis Yu and Ro- Romulo Fajardo Jr. Correct my cover. Lionel Francis Yu and Romulo Fajardo Jr. Oopsie. Typed things from two different lines of text. All right. <clears throat> the summary for this issue. June Wei and Orcus are on the hunt for metal, and they want to commend Wakanda on their lack of acceptance of the mutants in exchange for some vibranium. But Wakanda just wanted to invite them there so they could slap them in the face with a big no. So... June makes a shady backdoor deal, and Wolverine and T'Challa team up to take them down. It's full of action and a cool new costume. In the end, Wakanda takes the credit as Wolverine and T'Challa slip off into the night, which is just what they want. Because they're mysterious men without countries. They are on their own. They're loners. Quick, quick read, which, you know, uh, that's a Wolverine comic. Mm -hmm. I was... Excited to see kind of Junwei again. I think it's interesting how soon she has become a recurring character in mm-hmm. the Krakoan landscape. Well, Ben Percy for you. Yep, right. You know, why we talked about this on the Patreon. It's one book. Right. It's all one book, just with two different halves. I like it though. It keeps me in on my toes. I mean, otherwise I thought this was an interesting story, but I feel like I'm I'm, you sort of alluded to this last night when we were talking about it. Like, I'm ready for Wolverine to to join the Come rest of the mutants. Yeah. Like, he seems to have this feeling like he's the only one and he's got to, like, take out Orcus and all these other places. And it is good that, you know, there's someone focused on the Orcus around the world versus just the Orcus in America. But let's get him back. But at the same time, T'Challa is on Carol's Avengers with Iron Man? Question mark? Right now? Yes. Interesting. So it's like, um, how? (laughs) Marvel Universe, you're complicated. I'm excited about the next issue, the last of the Last Mutant Standing series, Mm. where he's teaming up with Spider-Man and a Wolverine and Spider-Man crossover. That's amazing. That's great. That's what's up. That's berserker rage all over (laughs) it. Speaking of Iron Man... Invincible Iron Man number 12, written by Jerry Duggan, artist by Art I.G. Guara, colors Brian Valenza, letters VCs, Joe Caramagna. Joe Caramagna. And our cover by Kale New. Yep. I did good on that one. The summary for this issue. Jen Walters is trying really hard to get Rhodey out of jail, but it ain't working. Kingpin is tired of waiting, but Tony is promising him it's worth it. Riri Williams comes to meet up with Tony so they can do science stuff, but she's intercepted by Hazel. When Riri tries to enter Hazel's mind, the ring comes off and the mind fights begin. Emma reveals herself, but in the end, all is well, and they are on the same side. However, this ringless moment does cause a sentinel to come on over. Not to worry, darlings. They take it down with the help of some pim particles. And that's not all Tony wanted those pim particles for. He made a special medallion that gives that gets delivered to Rhodes in prison. I wonder what that could be for. Oh, also, Kingpin is really into his role and really loves his wife because he lies and says that Mystique attacked him to help cover up for the Sentinel arriving. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Good improv. 
Yeah. Wilson. He like grabs a, like a piece of metal, like breaks the door and smashes himself in the face with it. And he's like, no, Mystique attacked me. And this I was isn't like, my first rodeo. Okay, I have lied to the police before. <laughs> I know how to handle this. Yeah. That was wild. The way he just bashes his face in. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah Eric, tap dancing Lencher. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good stuff i really love this issue i'm i love this series yeah just like what i I don't want to pick up more iron man after this is over but you know if jerry's doing it maybe 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 we'll see we'll see no (laughs) i think it's also the top like it's the flavor of iron man tied in with the story of the mutants and the the threading of emma frost so heavily in the book yeah i mean i'd agree with you but i've i've been enjoying it since the start oh, right like yeah. i've had i've bought every issue so far and you know that was with the knowledge that it was coming in in the mm-hmm. same way that i bought every issue of that previous volume of black panther just because storm was on the cover of one of them uh and that didn't really that was nowhere near as good as this yeah i'm just really I don't know. I'm really enjoying it. And and you're right. Like, I think it's just Jerry's writing and the voice that he gives the character is appealing to me. Yeah. Love that Thanksgiving shot. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Thanksgiving with the mutants underground. And the hellfire brass knuckles on Emma's hands as mm. she's fighting in the mind with Riri. Yes. That was a great detail. Do they sell those? Because that would be awesome. <laughs> I would buy those so fast. Are you ready for Uncanny Spider-Man number four? Always. Written by Cy Spurrier, art by Lee Garbett, colors Matt Miller, letters VCs Joe Caramanga. Joe Caramanga. Cover by Tony Daniel and Yen Nitro. Summary for this issue. Nightcrawler watches as Spidey tries to save an innocent pizza guy. People and Sentinels are really starting to blur the line on what makes someone a mutant. Mystique is not so down with that and tries to rocket launch her way through the situation. And now is when Nightcrawler steps in because that's his mom. Though the little Bamf was giving him plenty of shit about not stepping in before that. Sable is spying on Nightcrawler, but then she takes off her helmet and it's romance time. However, she doesn't know that she's been bugged and now her team is is spying on her and knows about her little side quest, and they aren't too happy about it. Nightcrawler is ambushed and captured, but not before he and Mystique have a little side convo about his birth, which we'll have to read about in X-Men Blue. And they do. And they do. I may have already read it. (laughs) Well, I didn't. (laughs) Because today is New Comic Book Day. Yep. No, I really like this. I really like the twist. I honestly, I believe Kurt and Sable mm-hmm. here for it. Yeah. I feel like Uncanny Spider-Man is turning into, I mean, it's pretty It's pretty up there with Dark X-Men as like one of my favorite titles of the Fall of X. Have you noticed the thread of the hounds? Like it's the same hounds here as is in Astonishing Iceman. Yeah. As is in one shot of Dark X-Men mm-hmm. where they have been attacked and defeated and it says the little editor's note to see where what happens with them. Yeah. They become terrible flying hounds. And and just the fact that, so Cloak and Dagger, again, about that mutate line, not mm-hmm. just mutants, anybody who is mutant adjacent. Right. And even, even though the pizza guy isn't even a mutant, he 
went to put flowers at the treehouse. So now sympathizers. Now, yeah, now you're in trouble because you like mutants. I love mutants. They're great. I love Uncanny Spider-Man though. And I'm here for Vulture too. Yeah, he's pretty cool. And I'm 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 liking that we're getting more and more about the Banff, but this means we only have one more issue of this, which is very very sad to me. I would agree, and I'm curious as to especially where we end up with Kurt in chains, basically, yes. you know, yeah. captured by Orcus, and it's just it's not a good place to be. But there's one issue left, so we'll see. We'll see. He's also I don't think anywhere in the promotional materials. Of, oh no, that's not true. He is. He's on a cover with Kate. Yeah, on an X-Men cover coming up, 31. Shadowcat. All right. Well, here we are. We've arrived at our final issue, Immortal X-Men number 17, written by Kieran Gillen, art by Juan Jose Reap, colors by David Curiel, letters, VCs, Clayton Coles. Clayton Coles. And the cover by Mark Brooks. This issue's summary, our friends in the desert are all coming to terms with the fact that they're slaying their demons in the white hot room. Jean is not really all there. Meanwhile, on Krakoa, Xavier grapples with the fact that he's sinister half the time. Sinister is really pleading with Charles to help him get to the bottom of who the actual Dominion is, but Charles is about ready to off himself so that Sinister can never live again. Mother Righteous goes off and kills Destiny, who I think is trying to warn her about said dominion and is caught in the act by Kafka. She really, she's really upset. Mother Righteous is really upset and upsets Krakoa or so it seems when really she might be using all those thank yous. In the end, she leaves with Jean who is somewhat in a zombie state on a chain, and Xavier and Sinister venture through a, a portal. Where are they going? Muir Island. Muir Island. Muir Isle. Dun, dun, dun. Honestly, the... So, I mean, a couple of things. Quick thoughts. One, I miss Lucas Wernock already. You know, I... Mm-hmm. It's funny, when I see Juan's work in Wolverine, it, it doesn't register. But here, when I'm like, no, all these characters I've seen by Lucas, and I want that back. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of over Sinister. <gasps> I'm kind of over Sinister being the big bad all the time, all the time, everywhere. You know, oh, everybody wow. said that. Everybody said that around the lead up to Sins of Sinister. And I thought we were going to be done with him, the man. You know, we we still have his other three. Yeah. But when I saw him in this conversation, you know, it's interesting. I'm excited to see what they do with that, this team up, this because it's mm. not actually Sinister. He's in the pit. This is just a section of Xavier's mind that is infected with Sinister from, I believe, the initial like Almagado. Yes, because he does bring up the fact that all the others are clear and that Forge's stuff actually did work. Right. And that uh, this is from back in the day, like the first time he was implanting DNA in Charles. Long time ago, which I thought was undone, but you know, who knows? Comics, right? Comics. Uh, Destiny? What? Yeah. In the face? She just stabs her. Mother Righteous just stabs her. And it's interesting because we've been talking for a while and thinking that potentially Mother Righteous is the Dominion, but the way that Destiny is talking, it sounds like she's trying to warn her about the Dominion. Yeah. Well, I don't know. 
And she definitely is because there's a bubble that says outside time and space. Yeah. So she is, she's coming to some realization. I don't know if it is or isn't Mother Righteous. It just feels like they're pointing to Mother Righteous with this. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard a peep out of Orbis Stellaris in how long. I know. He's just the secret partner to Stasis. Yeah. Which... Maybe, maybe Destiny was like processing that Mother Righteous is the Dominion. And she wasn't really trying to talk to her, but she was like processing maybe yeah but also interesting that because they're in the white hot room that's why like that's why she can't see anything because there isn't actually any time there right so because they are in fact outside time and space that's interesting yeah i am upset that the last issue is the next issue that there's no more immortal x-men after that i believe there is no more immortal x-men after that that is a bummer yes Indeed. But, you know, all good things must end. And that's that that I feel like is the entire vibe of the Fall of X is that we're just kind of slowly marching to the end. And I don't like it. No, I hate it. I'm not excited. I despise it. I mean, I'm excited about what they've got and what they've had cooking for Mm -hmm. all this time, because I feel like, you know, I, I do primarily for the most part, trust these creators. Yeah. And there's nothing to say that whatever comes next is not going to be good. Like... I mean, yeah, I guess there's fear, but if we're just if we're trending on and like everyone we're we're enjoying what's happening for the most part, then hopefully they are not going to just completely derail like the themes or the like sentiment of what people are enjoying about the comics. Yeah. I feel like that would be a wild misstep to just go. Yeah. But also at the same time. Everybody points out the fact that every status quo giant shift was then followed by something that was a little bit more back to what X-Men is known for, Hmm. right? You you rattle the cage, you bring something new in. All the classic fans are like, these are not my X-Men. They're like nationalist tyrants living on a fantasy island. They're, They're not feared and hated. They're idolized and, you know, all these things. And then they actually get back to that with this story in the end, I think. You know, that with to the me fall is such an interesting concept in general because... To not want to see the heroes thrive? Because, like, how long can you get beaten and killed? Well, it's an interesting debate because it's like, okay, so mutants are the, the, metaf- like the mutant metaphor for the other. And, yeah, the world is constantly beating down the other, but, like... Don't you want to see the other get to a safe place at some point right. and succeed at some point? Because then you see yourself, you have that hope for your future. But then at the same point, that doesn't relate to your real life. So you're like, no, I need it to be there. My people, I need them to be something that I can relate to. But at the same time, you're like, but I also want to aspire to be them. But then like, that's not real. Like, it's just such a interesting right. back and forth. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I think, and and especially, so now we're just talking broadly about the Krakoan era mm-hmm. and or the Fall of X line. I think it's interesting. Someone someone commented on the post today. They revealed the Mutant Menace. Right? Oh yeah, right. The Miss Marvel Mutant Menace, which I'm is so the excited. next miniseries to follow her. And they had said something about how it's it's just to get another number one, which I do think is part of it. But I also think that it's about small batch storytelling, which mm-hmm. I actually really like. In concept, I felt like it did a really great job leading up to the fall. But now, because we're in the fall, we see it's the the trouble of we already see what's on the other side of this, mm-hmm. right? We already know 
okay, Colossus is on the cover, so clearly he's fine. You know, Shadowcat is on the cover of The Fall of the House of X. But you won't say clearly she's fine. No, because she's also zombified on Rise of the Powers of Ten, and who even knows what any of that means? You it's won't in the future. say it. It's the future. It's exciting. It's good. I like it. it I'm is. here for it. It is. And there we there we have it, folks. Ten comics. We did it. We did a little quick quick little review just to catch ourselves up, to have it out there. Because we are not allowed <laughs> to just skip a week. We can't. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah. I mean, we could have. Yeah. But also our souls would not be complete. But this was good. This was So in, in the future, if anything like this ever happens again where we have to take a break, this is what you can expect from us. Quick little recaps. Because sometimes you have to have hip surgery <laughs> and then your whole life just is consumed with having hip surgery and Thanksgiving and all of those things happening at the same time. And life is bananas. I cooked Thanksgiving dinner. Justin did first cook time Thanksgiving ever. dinner, yeah. I say that to everybody, and they're like, oh, did you have turkey? And I say, no, turkey is a trash bird. Oh, here turkey you go. Turkey is with gross. Your, with your trash bird. We had top sirloin. Because yeah, it was very good. Justin that's what did you a do. really good job. That was, uh, like, I don't know, that's an expensive hobby to get into. Also, y'all, I just need to shout it out here on the pod, because I put it in my uh I, I posted about it on my instagram but pastry jordan from the baker's rhapsody sent me the most amazing care package it had like my own Krakoan page about how i'm gonna come out stronger from the crucible i got like x-men cookies hold fast cookies emma emma get it get it emma emma frost cookies uh, there's a Nightcrawler cookie and uh, paint your own cookies and just like a, an X-Men package filled with love and snacks and treats and goodness and like it made my heart so happy. So please go over to my Instagram, Wilder Moves, check out that post, show his bakery some love. Honestly, I'm so thankful. And there are so many people who reached out to me on Instagram or sent me messages and I just... I really appreciate the love and support that y'all have been giving me during this time. Captain Sue Michael, shout out to you as well. I posted something on our Instagram story the other day saying like, hey, y'all, we're here, but like life's been crazy. Crazy. And he sent me a personal message and was just like, you need to focus on recovering. Don't worry about us and don't worry about the podcast. And I was like, oh, that's so kind. Thank you so much. The podcast will be there. We will be there. Yes. So on that note, until next time, old friend. Charles! I'm coming back. I'm coming back, Charles. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. <laughs>